Hi, I'm Casey Hobbs. And I'm Shane Mason. And we're the hosts of Nurse Talk Radio. Please join us for this special edition podcast. These days, it's commonplace for someone to share a horror story about a hospital stay or even a doctor's visit. Of course, this isn't an indictment on the healthcare system, but it is a cautionary tale. As nurses were often asked by friends and family or even patients about what to do or what to ask their doctor and what to find out when they go to the hospital or questions about billing. We're not always the ones who have all the answers, but there are professionals who do, and they're on your side as a patient. That's right, Casey. A relatively new practice called Independent Health Advocates is emerging, and honestly, having an advocate just might save your life. With us today is Ruth Linden, Ph.D. and a founder of Tree of Life Health Advocates. Ruth holds a Ph.D. in sociology and a certificate in patient advocacy from UCLA. Ruth, welcome to Nurse Talk, and thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. Great. So first off, how did you become a health advocate? Why did you decide to do this? Well, I've been doing health advocacy for family and friends for over 25 years out of affection and concern. I did it well, and I loved doing it. I have a long list of credentials because I was an academic, and, well, you know, we have long lists of credentials. As a bioethicist, I consulted for and spoke at the FDA. As a public health researcher, I led a major study of diversity in nursing education, your field. And as a faculty member at UCSF, I taught medical students how to interview patients. On the other hand, I'm also an activist, and I'm committed to social change. You might say, I'm allergic to the status quo. I started Tree of Life to work directly with clients being poorly served by the healthcare system. Because I've worked in so many different roles, I know the ins and outs of all the systems. Great. So what are some of the top reasons that a client would retain your services? Well, there are three top reasons in my practice. I think the most surprising reason is that many clients need help finding providers. They don't know where to begin, and their friends and family just can't help with referrals. We have a vast network, and we carefully vet every provider through research, from psychiatrists to primary care doctors to pain management specialists. Often, what may happen is that when a client gets a second opinion, they like that doctor better, and they want to transfer their care. So I ease this process with clear and careful communication that doesn't blame or burn bridges. And finally, the last reason is that many clients want to stay safe while they're in the hospital. I had a client who contracted MRSA after his first hip surgery. Then he needed a second hip replacement, but he was terrified about the the risks of getting MRSA again. I monitored his care and made sure he stayed safe in the hospital and during the rehab that followed. His confidence was restored, and now he's walking with ease. So when would be a good time for clients to contact you? Before they need your services or once they find themselves in the middle of a crisis and then they need expert advice? Well, clients often hire me before an emergency arises. That way, I have their paperwork on file along with a modest retainer. And this allows me to turn on a dime when they actually need me and we don't have time to sign a contract in the ER. Uh, You can imagine that signing a contract in the ER can be stressful for everyone, and um, it's something that we want to avoid if we possibly can. We can't predict when an emergency will arise, but we can manage unpredictability by planning wisely. One client actually called me from the scene of an accident. I rushed to her side and rode with her in the ambulance to the ER. 
I stayed with her at the hospital for six hours until we got her home safely. But other people just aren't able to plan ahead, and they call me at the moment that they need me, and that can work well, too. So are you on retainer? Is So somebody signs up with you assuming they're going to have a need in the future. Is that, that how it works? Many, yes. Many clients do that, although some call me when the need actually arises. And both ways actually work, but it can be far less stressful for clients if they call in advance and know me already. You know, we've had contact. I know them and their needs and, uh, and the specifics of their situation, and they know me, so they're not calling into the abyss, so to speak, asking for help and not knowing what they're, what they're going to get. So you gave a great example of an emergency situation. What if someone had already retained your services and had something planned coming up, like a surgery? What would that look like? Well, we would uh, walk through the process of all the providers involved in their care, what their concerns were, if they have family and friends who might be involved in their care, and then we would develop a plan together to make sure that they stayed safe in the hospital and to transition them home from the hospital or to rehab or wherever the next step of their care would be located, whether that's home or rehab or sometimes going home with a family member but not to their their, uh, home per se. So is it true, Ruth, that only patients with complex illnesses should hire a health advocate? Well, actually, that's a myth. Although some of my, some of my clients do have complex illnesses. I have clients with metastatic cancer, and I have a client with common variable immune deficiency, which is quite rare in adults. Other clients, as I mentioned, uh, want to stay safe during their hospitalizations, or they want to prepare an advanced directive. And Yet other clients are challenged by routine medical appointments, and they ask me to accompany them to their visits. So I have a broad range of clients, and clients with complex illnesses are just one kind of client that that I work with. And is this something that you have to be pretty affluent to afford, or how do you bill for these services? Not at all. That's actually a myth that only the... uh, only the affluent can afford uh, health advocacy services. Some of my clients are middle income, and they may belong to Kaiser or receive care at the VA. Believe it or not, I have two clients who are um, uh, VA clients. Uh, uh, Other clients are affluent, and um, regardless of a client situation, I always work with a retainer in place, and I bill for my services on an hourly basis. So what about clinical trials? If someone's looking for a clinical trial, can you help them with that? I'm so glad you asked about clinical trials because uh, clinical trials and experimental therapies is a specialty of mine. I really love to do this kind of uh, work with clients, in part because the stakes couldn't be higher and the need is so very great. Uh, Clients who've exhausted their treatment options may be looking for a clinical trial, and uh, their doctors may have only offered them the other option available, which would be hospice. These clients, of course, have devastating diagnoses and have already gone through extensive treatment, sometimes three and four and five uh, courses of different chemotherapy if they have cancer. Um, so this, for these clients, uh, this is where careful, time-consuming research can really pay off, and uh, we welcome 
those clients to contact Tree of Life. Our administrative offices are in San Francisco, but I need clients wherever they are, and I work with clients on uh, through video conferencing. So I work with clients in the Greater Bay Area, uh, in the South Bay, in the East Bay, in uh, Marin, in your area, um, as well as San Francisco. Uh, and I need clients at their homes, their offices, uh, wherever they are most comfortable. And uh, and at the hospital, of course, or at rehab, or um, skilled nursing. It it depends on the client's preference. And so what would you consider a, a good outcome? And, and I'm sure that varies, but what are some of the outcomes that you've had for patients that you look back on with, with pride or would like to, to tell our listeners about? Well, the best outcome, of course, is when a client no longer needs me and we, we part company. Um, that does happen, for example, when I've been retained for a routine service, like keeping a client safe in the hospital. This makes a lot of sense. I can really see the need for it. Um, do you know, how do people get a hold of you? Well, I invite clients to visit, or prospective clients to visit my website, which is www.treeoflifehealthadvocates.com, and uh, there's a contact form where I can be reached. I offer clients a complimentary 30-minute consultation, and um, during that time, we identify their needs and determine the best ways I can help. I'm happy to speak with any listeners who might be interested in learning more about Tree of Life. They're warmly invited to contact me. Great. And so how have your services changed over the years as, as care has gotten more complex? Do you think it's more important now than ever to have these sort of services? I do think it's more important now than ever before to have these services because communicating with providers is so very challenging. What used to be easy now raises a plethora of issues that, uh, that we all find challenging. And um, simply to stay safe, to keep one's family safe in routine matters requires often having a third party watching over you and making sure that your needs are being met. Great. And for our listeners in other parts of the country, do you know, are there other services like this available in, in other parts of the world? Yes. In most metropolitan areas, there are independent health advocates who can work with them. Uh, and they're, uh, an, easy, an easy way to find an independent advocate is simply to Google your city and then enter, or your town, and to enter the words independent health advocate or independent patient advocate and it's likely that a name will come up. I wanted to ask, too, because I, I work in psychiatry, do you ever have patients that you work with uh, that help through maybe an involuntary hold or that are having some sort of deviation from baseline in their psychiatric symptoms? I do work with many clients with um, psychiatric symptoms and uh, issues. Uh, many of my clients have PTSD, ironically, from actually dealing with the healthcare system itself and with uh, physicians who have been less than responsive to their needs and values. Yeah, and I, I agree completely. And I think that uh, just the nature of psychiatric illness means that when you become unwell, it's harder for you to make decisions. It's harder for you to see things clearly. So that would be an invaluable service. Is there anything else, uh, else that you'd like to share with us? One of your listeners decides to retain an advocate they will be mind, the advocate will be mindful of their budget and will work with the client to find cost-effective solutions to healthcare challenges. 
All right. Well, we've been talking with Ruth Linden, the founder of Tree of Life Health Advocates. You can contact Ruth by visiting her website at treeoflifehealthadvocates.com or visit nursetalksite.com. For more information about this topic, visit nursetalksite.com. 